Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Living with XXY podcast series. If you're just tuning in, this series is all about people living with something called Kleinfelter syndrome, and we share their lives, what happens to them through their process of being diagnosed, and just some of the impacts and helpful, awesome things about our community. And so today, I wanted to kind of touch base on what it was like freshman year of high school. I'm kind of going back into my life and opening up chapters and things that I've closed and doing it all for awareness and to help people within our community. Some of these things are things that I've experienced that I've locked away for the in, in, in uh, what's that word? Um, in eternity, eternity. There we go. That one. So I've locked away them. I've locked, I've locked them away for an eternity and I'm just now kind of opening them up back for educational purposes. Um, so freshman year high school, let's take it back a little bit before freshman year. So you kind of, when you're in eighth grade, you get to have like a day where you go and you see the school and you see what it's like, what, what high school you're going to be going to. And my parents had a plan to also take me to a couple um, like artistic, special kind of um, like more focused IEP, smaller schools. And so the two schools I visited in San Diego, I don't really remember the names, but I remember I, to me, I had this idea of what high school was like, the social, you know, social was extremely important to me. Um, also that there were girls at the school and when I went to these smaller schools, yeah, they were really cool that they had a completely different learning curriculum, but they didn't have sports and they didn't have like a lot of the typical high school things that I wanted to be a part of. Um, and so after visiting those and spending the day at these schools in classrooms with five and 10 people and they don't switch classes and the whole entire high school had roughly around like 300 people. Now, absolutely incredible for people that want and need those experiences. But it just, for me, it wasn't something that I wanted. And my parents also told me that high school is going to be a lot harder than some of these schools. And I said, challenge accepted. Um, so fast forward to freshman year of high school. Freshman year of high school since my entrance exam to high school, I did really poorly on it. I was in all of like the starting out classes. So I didn't have religion. I mean, I didn't have um, language and I had a pre-biology, a pre-algebra, an English class that actually my parents weren't notified uh, from the school about what the English class entailed. Well, this English class entailed me and four Japanese kids that didn't know any English and a teacher in a classroom in high school. And my high school was a division three. So each grade roughly had around 300 students. And so I walk into this English class. The first day I remember, if I I'm trying to think back and I'm opening up my life right now, I'm opening up things that I have not talked about since they happened, I'm doing it all because this community to me has so much 
potential in talking about our stories and talking about the way we learn and how things kind of evolved in our lives. And all for like, all of this is just for awareness and education and help for the Kleinfelter XXY community. It's difficult for me to go back into my past and, and open up some of the chapters and things that I've closed, but also there's so many awesome things that this journey is taking me back to those moments. And I'm like, oh, I did it this way. And then it makes sense to me now because I have so much more knowledge about Kleinfelter syndrome than I ever did in high school or in my mid-20s or even my late um, late 20s. So I walk into this classroom and it's just the teacher and four Japanese kids. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, I'm already singled out with having an IEP and having um, extended time on tests and having, you know, a special learning center that I could go to if I needed extra help. Granted, the only two-story building in my entire high school was the learning center. So when you were walking up those stairs, everybody saw you. They knew that you were like a special kid or, you know, they knew that you needed extra help. So they'd always give you a little bit of a hard time for that. Um, I mean, that's just typical high school and, and, you know, adversity makes us all stronger, right? So this English class, I remember a, a moment where I, you know, I would go home every day, tell my parents, like, I'm in an English class with four Japanese kids that don't even know English. Like, do you know what this will do to me if the rest of the kids in high school find out, like, I'm in this class and... One of the days, uh, Mr. Ferris's room, which was this amazing English teacher that was like crazy and thought outside the box and put all this art on the walls and taught differently. And I just had so much respect for him because he was just totally different than all of like the other teachers that, you know, taught in a straight line, especially with kids that had um, learning disabilities. And it was raining and his class decides to flood and the entire freshman class comes through the door and we're in the middle of this class. We have six desks, um, all in a circle. And that's how our teacher was like teaching us basic English. And all of a sudden I see all these kids just walk into the classroom and I instantly just put my hood up and went and tried to sit in a, like in a desk where, I wouldn't just get singled out by my entire freshman English class for just that one, you know, the 30 kids that were in that one class. Um, and once the day was over, it was definitely one of the most like humiliating days in a way where all of a sudden all these people were like, who's this kid in this class with these Japanese kids? And so I actually came up with a lie and it worked for a while. I told people when they asked me, you know, what are you doing in that class? You know, are you like, are you stupid or can you not read or, you know, like, what do you need help with or all that stuff? You know, they were more, they wanted to know so they could bully me. And I told everybody that I was learning Japanese and that I didn't need to take a normal English class. It worked for a while until people kind of found out and figured it out. But when they figured it out, I ple I pleaded with my parents so much that please get me out of this class. Like I'm not learning anything. I shouldn't be in this class. 
it was really cool to hang out with Japanese kids, but I could barely communicate with them. And we couldn't, I wasn't really learning Japanese either. So I couldn't really communicate with them either. And so it's just like, I was like just begging my parents, like, please put me in just a like English class. You know, it's more about the social than it was anything about the learning aspect. So freshman year was definitely a very interesting year. Um, you, we had a freshman locker where all the freshmen had their lockers. It was called freshman row. I didn't really get made fun of in freshman year. I mean, or in high school I did for like having and needing extra help and stuff like that. But after sophomore year, all that stuff kind of went away. Another thing in freshman year that I remember is in religion class. So in religion class, we would do, I went to a Catholic, um, co-ed high school in San Diego, California. It was called the university of San Diego high school. And in freshman class religion, my teacher decided that it'd be a great idea to do popcorn reading of like some Bible entries and some other religious, um, stuff, I guess. I don't really remember what it was, but so popcorn reading, if you don't know, if you're not familiar with it, I'm sure a lot of you guys out there that are listening have probably had this happen to you. And I'm not sure what your workaround was, but I'd love to hear it. I'd love to figure out, you know, how, how you were to work around, um, some of the situations in your life. And we'd love to have you on the show, um, to talk about, you know, your successes and your struggles with Kleinfelder syndrome growing up or even finding out later on in life. So popcorn reading is where you read a paragraph and then you pick on someone else. And so the class, I remember actually like half the class sat on one side and half the class sat on the other and they faced each other and the teacher talked in the middle. And I would always try to sit in like the back right of class. I think that's where my seat was. And I would always put up my, put my hood up and put my head down and kind of like when people were like looking around to pick on someone, I didn't want anybody to pick on me. Well, the first time I got picked on, it was extremely hard for me to like read a paragraph. Like if I pick up um, a piece of paper right now and let's just see what this is about. So if I just kind of pick up this piece of paper and say current promotion strategy for recruitment, record, record voice over to add to clips recorded throughout the day with basic title and ending includes BGAP logo to promote project. So if I was able to read a paragraph before actually being picked on, then I had a visual like memory of what I was reading. So when I read it out loud, it was very quick and fast and prompt and let's get this shit over with. I do not want to be reading out loud. I absolutely suck at reading out loud and it's humiliating when you stutter or when everybody else is listening to you and watching you. It's just, it's not a fun feeling, especially when you're just like horrible with reading language, spelling, writing, like all of that stuff. And then you second guess yourself and then you stutter more and then people laugh at you and, oh, it was, it was awful. So what I would do is 
when the class was reading the paragraph, I wasn't even paying attention. I was always to myself reading and trying to visualize the the next paragraph. And so when I got picked on, which was more than like two or three times within the class period where there were other kids in the class that never got picked on at all because everybody was focused on, you know, trying to get me to stutter and all this stuff. Sounds awful. Sounds horrible. It wasn't fun, but you know what? It's the bullying and all that stuff, which I'll talk more about because I got bullied and teased a tremendous amount in grade school. Um, it made me who I am today and I wouldn't change it. So I would always read a paragraph ahead of everybody else and just block out all that noise. And so when I got picked on, they finally just gave up. No, people just stopped picking on me because I would just read, I would read it perfectly. I'd read it totally fine. So yeah, other than that, um, high school was freshman year. I attended the dances, the homecoming, um, and when I think winter formal, I think we were allowed to do that. Maybe I'm not, I can't really remember. It's been quite some time. I'm 34 now. So, and then I played freshman basketball and I tried out for uh, volleyball and I remember volleyball so much. Like volleyball has such a vivid memory in my mind. A lot of stuff happened in my junior year, which I'll talk about in another episode um, about junior volleyball and not doing my math homework ended up, uh, I was a C average kid, ended up getting a 1.6, getting kicked off the volleyball team. And I'll talk more about that in the next episode. So freshman year volleyball practice, I remember just trying out with my all. I remember basketball was a lot of running and I just gave volleyball a chance. I had no expectations, never played in my life, seemed like a fun sport and just gave it my all. And through the three days of tryouts, um, after giving it my all, I was tall for my age. That definitely helped. Um, I was coordinated, but I definitely had a lot of potential and the coaches saw that in me and they put me on varsity freshman year. I didn't really play much. I practiced a lot with the varsity team, which was really fun. And I learned so much from the varsity team, but since I wasn't really playing because they, we had such an amazing solid volleyball team that year that coach decided coach Trotter. Um, I forgot his first name, but Trotter, I think it was Jeff, Jeff Trotter. He decided that he would put me on junior varsity and I ended up starting junior varsity and I could also pass. So I was tall I could hit the ball and then I could also pass. So I would always play pretty much all the way around. I wouldn't really get taken out too much. And in junior varsity, when you're in, when you're on varsity and then you get bumped down to junior varsity, the, I instantly picked up on the quality of the gameplay. And it was such a major difference where I just wanted so much to go back to varsity, but I knew that this was the best thing for me because I knew that if I played, I would get more experience and then come sophomore, junior and senior year, I would just become an even bigger and better player. So I don't know. That's pretty much high school. I mean, I remember like a couple girls liked me and I really wasn't really confident in myself to, I remember asking this one girl to homecoming, but it didn't really work out. And, um, as far as like girls and stuff like that in, in freshman year of high school, I didn't really 
Nope. Did I didn't get my first kiss, real kiss until sophomore year, I think. So it, fr- freshman year was just one of those freshman year, awkward moments. Kind of, you got to learn where your classes are. You got to walk around school and, and yeah, um, I think I'm pretty much done on talking about freshman year. So in the next episode coming up at some point, I will be talking about sophomore year and junior year and I'll, I'll throw senior year in there as well. Um, so yeah, I just had a little bit of a stutter, but, um, yeah, thanks for listening everybody. We really appreciate you checking in and hanging out with our brand new podcast series. It's definitely an interesting thing going from YouTube to being in front of a camera and then just sitting here in front of a microphone with my face pressed up against a pop filter, um, trying to just close my eyes and think about, you know, those visualizations and those memories from in my past and bringing back all those memories, the good, the bad, the ugly and the awesome and doing it all for client filter awareness and education and hopefully my stories, my mistakes, the things I went through, the things I've learned, the way I was bullied and all the other things, um, all of you kind of learn from them. Don't make the same mistakes I did or we can connect and you've had pretty much almost the exact same experiences I have. And we look forward to hearing from you So I will end this. Hopefully all of you have a wonderful day and make sure you guys all smile because it's a beautiful day.